Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Great to see you today. So glad that you are here. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Well, we got an enthusiastic bunch of football fans here today. How about any of you pulling for the Niners tonight? Okay, how about uh, anybody pulling for the Chiefs? Anybody just not care? Anybody want to know what are we eating? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me actually this year. That's, that's me. But it's fun, right? And uh, big season. Life goes through big seasons. We are in one of those as a church. You received a brochure, I think, when you walked in today. We'll come back to that here in a couple of moments. But we're talking about the things that we believe God has in store for his vision for our church and what that means as we move forward in the future. Not just talking, though, about his vision for our church, but also his vision for our lives. And so part of what we've been doing as we've been walking through this is we've been using kind of a, an image or an analogy, if you will, of a tree We'll show you why here in a moment from scripture, but this idea of a tree that paints a picture for us of what it looks like when you live in the vision that God has for your life. When you find yourself in a place where you're living in a way where you're following God's plan, his purposes, his vision, and the things that he has in store for your life. The, the model for this that we're using comes straight out of scripture. We're, we're looking at Mark chapter 12, although this scripture is found in both the Old and New Testament, this concept. And it says this, love the Lord your God with all your, in fact, read this with me. Love the Lord your God with all your, and with all your, and with all your, and with all your. So kind of based on those four roots, we've, we've had this idea of if you're going to be a tree, like if your life is a tree that's thriving and growing and producing fruit, then somewhere how you're rooted matters. And so to talk about those roots, we've considered this concept of heart soul, mind, and strength. When we talked about the heart concept, which is what's the most important thing in your life, for us as a church, if we had to define it in just a phrase, we would say that at the very heart of what we do is that we put God first, amen? And then when we talked about our passion, that's, that's the soul part. We looked at this last week, and if you weren't with us the last two weeks, I'd encourage you to jump online and to check these out. But that heart part is, is God first. When we talk about our soul, what we talked about last week is that people are the priority. That's where we put our emphasis. God loves people, so we love people, and it has great value to us. Now, we've talked then about the heart part, the part where we consider what's most important in our lives. And we've talked about the soul part, the part where we talk about what are we passionate about and how does that passion get fleshed out and how we live. The, the third root, and we'll call this the mind root, and this is kind of where you put your attention, where, where your focus and your thoughts are, and this is what we'll look at today, is this concept that we call healthy things grow, that healthy things grow. And to, and to get a perspective on that, um, that's things right there, just for the record. To get a, uh, to get a perspective on that, we're, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that we've come to several times as we've been in this series. It kind of paints a picture for us and why we're even talking about a tree in the first place. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. It says this. 
But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I love that picture of a healthy tree that is thriving and fruitful. And I read that and go, that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to live a life that's thriving and fruitful. I want to be a part of a church that has a vision from God that's healthy and that grows. So the question then when we read that passage is, is am I? <laughs> like, am I faithful to the vision that God's given to me in my life? Am I faithful to the vision that God's given to us as a church? Am I living a life that is healthy? So what we want to consider today, and I ask you this question, like, how do I know if I'm healthy? What we've tried to do through this series is not just talk about God's vision for the church, but also then how do we apply this as God's vision in our lives? And so what, the first week when we talked about God first, we, we looked at some questions for us to consider in our lives. When we talked about people are the priority last week, we asked ourselves like, to consider are they really and what does that look like? So today I want to give you four questions to consider to ask yourself, am I healthy? How do I know if I'm healthy? We're going to pull this straight out of verse 8 of Jeremiah chapter 17 because he gives to us a picture of health there. So if we're going to consider this, what do we find out? Four questions to help us understand if we are healthy. Here's the first one. Number one, where am I planted? Number one, where am I planted? Go back to that passage, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. God says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. Really important principle here, because if you want this tree to thrive, if you want it to be fruitful, then it's got to be in a place that has an environment for it to do that, has the resources for the tree to do that. And so in this passage, it says so clearly, the tree that thrives, the tree that's healthy, the life that is where God wants for it to be is planted by the water. Where you're planted matters. Not just from this passage, but there's a very similar kind of parallel passage of scripture that we read in the book of Psalms. In fact, it's, it's the very beginning of, of Psalms. Psalm 1, verse 3, says this. And tell me if it sounds familiar. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Sound familiar? Like, it's very similar to what we just read in Jeremiah 17. And so it says, look, where you're planted by the water in a place that's healthy makes all the difference in the world. It matters where you're planted. So you say, well, well how, do, how do I know if I'm planted in the right place? I'm glad you asked. Because if you go to Psalm 1, we looked at verse 3, but there's two verses before that that describe the person who is like a tree planted by the water. And it helps us to see, if you say, look, I want to be healthy. I want to be planted in the right place. What does that look like? Here's what the psalmist says. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do 
prospers. So what it tells us in those first two verses is what it's like to be planted, where you should be planted, where you should not be planted, and then how you're going to be fruitful. Here's, here's what I saw there. In, in verse one, I saw this. Do not plant yourself in the wrong places. Like if you want to be fruitful, if you want to be healthy, don't plant yourself in a place that's unhealthy. Like, don't allow yourself to be in a place where you're not going to grow. That, that, that verse says that we do not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And so we have to ask ourselves, am I planted in the right place? The places I go, the people I'm with, the things that I do, do they lead me to spiritual health or do they take that away from me? And I have to ask those questions in, in my life. Now look, oftentimes you say to yourself, well, those are some things I can't change. Like I can't really change my, my family if that's not a healthy place for me. I can't really change my, my coworkers if my job is not necessarily a healthy place for me. And here's something that's really important for you to see. Oftentimes we have to consider it's not so much that my surroundings need to change, but my heart needs to change. Sometimes it's not just a physical thing, but it's a spiritual thing. Because everything around me might still be the same, but if I've changed my perspective, if I've changed my focus, if I've said, look, you know what? I'm not gonna align myself with the wicked, and I'm not gonna follow the way that ungodly people take, and I'm not gonna sit in the place that's reserved for the mocker. Instead, I'm gonna plant myself in a healthy place, spiritually, emotionally, personally. That makes a world of difference. Look, today is February 2nd. It is not only Super Bowl Sunday. It is also Groundhog Day. You know what they told me in the last service? I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I forgot to check earlier today. He did not see his shadow. You know what that means? Nothing. <clears throat> it doesn't. It doesn't. A rat doesn't know what's going on, right? It doesn't. No. But anybody ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Yeah, we can care less about that rat, but you ever seen Bill Murray in that movie Groundhog Day? It's like iconic. If you don't know the movie, like, I won't, I won't wreck it for you, but the, the whole idea is this guy wakes up and he experiences the same day over and over and over and over. You ever felt that way? Some of you should say yes because the, the truth is you have, right? Because you experience this day and you go, man, I didn't like today. And then you get up tomorrow and you do the same thing you did the day before and you don't change anything and then you expect the results are going to be different. And you keep planting yourself in a place that is unhealthy. With people or places or thoughts or attitudes or the things you let into your life. And then at the end of your day, you go, I can't believe it's the same day all over again. I just wish things would change. And then nothing ever changes. Look, if you want to be healthy, you have to ask yourself the question, where am I planted? So do not plant yourself in the wrong places. And here's some rocket science. Do plant yourself in the right places. <laughs> He says, look, those that meditate on the word of God, those who, who trust in his word, those who put themselves in places where they're around things that are healthy, that's, that's why the time we've been spending in God's word through these 40 days of prayer has been so powerful. When you plant yourself in the right places, it makes all the difference. Now, I don't know exactly what that means for you. There may be some habits or some people or some practices or some things that you're thinking to yourself right now man, I probably should change because I don't know that that's healthy in my life. I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm planted in the right place. Then maybe what's really important about today 
is that you, you change that. And you say, God, I see what needs to change in my life. So I'm going to stop being planted over here where my life can't be healthy. And I'm going to plant myself here by streams of water where you can help me to grow and thrive. Today is not just Super Bowl Sunday. Today is not just Groundhog Day. Today's date is 02-02-2020. Anybody seen this? It's the same forwards and, and all of us with OCD set. Amen, right? Well, you like that symmetry in that. It's just the way that it should be. Forwards, backwards, it looks right. It's symmetrical, kind of fits. They call that a palindrome, forwards and backwards. And this is, this is one that's unique. Like people who study these kinds of things for whatever reason call this an international palindrome, that all six of those digits or you know, the, the, the numbers like that, they all kind of go together like that. That hasn't happened in 900 years. It'll happen again in 101 years. And then it won't happen again until the year 3030, when I don't think any of us intend to be here, right? So enjoy it today, friends. It's beautiful because it's got some order to it. It's got some, really some integrity to it. It looks great and makes sense and just, for some of us, just stirs something inside of us. Now, when we look at that, we see something that we go, that just looks right. And for some of you, that's what's not right in your life. Is that what's on the outside doesn't match up with integrity to what's on the inside. Things don't fit the way that they should. And this is a day-to-day when you need to try to get things in order so that things are right in your life. Now, some of you go, Chad, why are you talking to me about today's date? A couple of reasons. It's interesting trivia. Two, it might wake some of you up. Three, but for some of you, you need to remember today's date. Because today's the day that you're going to say, I'm not going to plant myself here anymore. Because God, you're asking me to change. You're asking me to change from where I am to where you want me to be in a place where I can thrive. And I just want you to know that you made that decision that you chose to surrender that part of your life to God on 02-02-2020. So that you never forget the day that God did something special in your life. First question you got to ask if you are wanting to be healthy. Where am I planted? Here's a second one. Number two. Are my roots growing deep? Are my roots growing deep? We don't have a whole lot of time to to kind of dig into this one today, but the big question is, are you you growing in your faith? Like, is there there something that's growing and developing? Are you finding yourself getting to know Jesus more and and developing those relationships where where you're encouraging and strengthening one another? This, This process, and if you're new with us today, We've been, as a church, walking through what we've been calling 40 days of prayer. We've got these little journals, and there's still a few of them available, where each day together we've been reading a chapter of Scripture and journaling the thoughts that God's been putting in our heart. One of the really cool things that I've heard a couple times this week is people saying to me, well, one of the benefits of this is how it's connected them to other people. Just yesterday, I had several people tell me, I've been doing this with my spouse, And so we'll either read it separately and then come together and talk about it, or we've been reading it together and then thinking about what God would have for us to do. Somebody else sent me a message and said that that they've been sharing this with a friend actually who lives out of town, and so that they've been able to read this and then encourage one another with what God's word has said to them and then encourage one another. So it's a powerful tool for us to see how God's word works in our lives. This week, we're going to read chapters 13 through 17 of the Gospel of John. 
These are the last kind of pieces of teaching that Jesus gives to his disciples before his, his betrayal and his arrest and his crucifixion. So if these are the last things that he says to them, do you think they're important? And what's going to happen? I'm so excited for you to read this, especially if you're not familiar with this passage of Scripture. What's going to happen when you read this and you hear Jesus' words speaking to you is it's going to stir something in you to grow deeper in your faith. It's going to stir something inside of you to be the servant that God's created you to be, to be led by the Holy Spirit in your life and to say, God, I don't want to have shallow roots. I want my roots to grow deep so that I can grow strong in you. The second question to ask is, this question of are my roots growing deep? The, the third question that I hope you'll consider as we look at this passage in, in Jeremiah 17 is am I thriving? Number three, am I thriving? You go, thriving? What do you mean by that? Like that you, you wake up in the morning and you feel great? Or you look in the mirror and you look great? Like what, what is it? What do you mean by this? Well, let's use the definition that's in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 8 says they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, and its leaves are always green. It does not fear when heat comes, and its leaves are always green. And it talks about a tree that's in a state of thriving. It doesn't say that hard times won't come. He says the heat will come. How many of you know sometimes life heats up? Anybody? <laughs> so the heat will come, but he says that when it does come, you don't fear. Because your confidence is in the Lord. So if you want to thrive, if you want to grow in your life in some way, here's two things that I see in just that little phrase. The first is this. If you're thriving, then we are not focused on fear. Like even when difficult times come, one of the things that I watch on a regular basis that, 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 that stops people in their tracks is they stop and pull back because they're afraid. Look, fear's a natural thing, is it not? And what this passage says is there will come things in your life that could cause you fear. Don't let them stop you. Even when the heat comes, we're not focused on fear. When you read, especially John chapter 14 this week, God's going to speak to some of your hearts about the fact that he's come to help you and to give you peace so that your heart's not troubled but that you trust in him. So what does Jeremiah say? He says when the heat comes, we don't fear, but instead those leaves are always green, Leaves that are green come because they stay connected to a healthy tree, right? What happens to leaves that fall off a tree? They, they die. They turn brown, they wither, and then they die. But leaves that are green stay connected. If you want to thrive, not only do you not focus on fear, but the second thing is then we are connected to Christ. Like if you're thriving, there can be seasons in your life where physically you're not thriving, where financially, you're not thriving. There can be seasons in your life when people on the outside can look in and go, boy, that poor soul. But you know that your soul is doing well because you're connected to Christ. Does that make sense? Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 15, verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I be honest? I wanna like, I want to like preach there for a little while, but we'll run out of time. You'll run out of patience, and I'll run out of gas. So here's what we'll do. As you read God's word this week, I can't wait to see how he's going to speak to you about that and show you areas in your life that he wants you to thrive in as you trust him. So the third question is, am I thriving? Here's the fourth one, last one. Am I fruitful? 
Ask yourself this question. If you want to know, am I healthy? Is there fruit in my life? Am I fruitful? The end of verse 8 says that the tree that is thriving, it does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Look, whether you realize it or not, God did not create your life to be planted in unhealthy places. He did not create your life to have shallow roots. And he did not create your life to be in a place where you just feel like you're not thriving. He created you. He chose you to be fruitful. Now, I don't know what kind of fruit your life will bear. I don't know if it will be massive and famous and people all over the world will know about it. Or I don't know if in your eyes you'll think it's minimal and really didn't make that much of a difference. All I know is that God has created you to be fruitful so that you will accomplish the purpose that he has for your life and as you trust him, impact people in the world around you and probably in more ways than you'll ever know. Here's what Jesus said, John chapter 15, verse seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you're new to Calvary, you might not know kind of a little bit about our history or affiliation. Calvary is a part of a fellowship of churches called the Assemblies of God, um, thousands of churches worldwide, and we're part of a, of a smaller uh, kind of subgroup of that network called the Ohio Ministry Network. So like our, our focus as a church, our theology, our partnership in, in world missions, local missions, as well as like credentialing as an Assemblies of God minister, all come through the fellowship, and then in particular through the Ohio branch of that, the Ohio Ministry Network. I was sitting with a group of some people yesterday. We were doing a video project that you'll see here in a couple of weeks, and at the end of it, I knew my phone had been buzzing, and I looked, and I had a text from a friend. She had sent me a news article that um, a gentleman named Jim Palmer had passed away yesterday. Jim served as the assistant superintendent of this Ohio Ministry Network so he was one of the, the key leaders, kind of a pastor to other pastors. And yesterday, he was on I-70 just west of Columbus, very early in the morning. He was in a very tragic car accident, lost his life. When I was in the sixth grade, I was sitting in an evening service in my home church in Warren, Ohio. And the guest preacher was the, the youth director for the state of Ohio, Jim Palmer, at that time. It's none of your business what year that was when I was in the sixth grade. I very clearly, as an 11-year-old, remember sitting in a pew in that church and listening to Jim Palmer preach, and probably really for the first time in my life, thinking to myself, I think that's what God wants me to do. What he's up there doing, I think that's what God wants me to do. When I was a teenager growing up in this fellowship in, in our state, Jim was the district youth director. Every time I saw him, he spoke words of encouragement and life into my life, just a puny, skinny teenager. As a pastor in the state of Ohio, he has consistently in his leadership role challenged me to believe that God had more in store for this church and the ways that we could have an impact in the world. So I gotta tell you, when I was sitting there and I saw that message yesterday, it was like a punch in the gut. You know what that's like, right? Those moments. So I've looked at Facebook far too much in the last 18 hours or so. Just kind of scrolling I, I am not even coming close to exaggerating when I say the hundreds of people who have posted in the last 
24 hours, the personal impact that Jim Palmer had on their life. Story after story after story. I'm one of them. And I thought to myself, that's a life that was fruitful, right? Now, I don't know that my life will have that kind of an impact. I can't tell you what, what kind of impact your life will have. But I just said, God, help me to be fruitful. Help me to be a tree. It's planted by streams of water whose roots grow deep that even when the heat and the drought comes, my connection to you helps me to thrive and be fruitful. That's what he created us to do. Would you be all right if we just stopped and prayed for the Palmer family? Lord, we, we thank you for the legacy of Jim Palmer. God, we thank you for the impact that he has had on, on our fellowship, this church, so many people's lives. Lord, I pray for Renee and their, their sons and grandchildren. Father, for those that have served alongside of Pastor Jim, for so many people who are asking questions and, and experiencing very real grief in this time. Father, would you bring your comfort and your strength? God, on, on this side of heaven, there are so many things that we do not understand. But we know that you are good and that you are sovereign. And so even in the midst of our grief and pain, we trust you. Father of comfort, we ask that you would bring comfort to the Palmer family and so many others in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Those four questions, don't just like let those go. Like really maybe take some time this week and ask yourself, am I healthy? And how would I even know? Because you've been designed for more than just mediocrity in your life. Jesus said this, John chapter, you'll read this this week, John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That's, that's a surprise to some of us. Because I think some of us think that we chose Jesus and he thanks us for it. Like we, we didn't say, hey man, you want to follow us? He said, come and follow me. And here's what he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So you've been created to be healthy and fruitful, and so has the local church. So like I've asked this question as we're in this season as a church of believing that God is calling us to expand. And when we talk about this, right, the reason that we believe that God, and in this moment it looks like we really feel like the Lord is asking us to add this additional auditorium so that we can grow in this way. But the reason is he wants to grow our trunk so we can expand our branches. He wants us to reach out and be fruitful because there's too many lost people in Toledo. So I ask the question, where are we planted as a church? Well, from a spiritual sense, I, I, I want you to know if you have any questions, we're planted firmly within the word of God. And it's also good to know that we believe in this season God's planted us right here at 1360 Conant Street. And that he has us here to grow our trunk so we can expand our branches and do what he has called us to do. So you ask the question, that if that's where we're planted, then are our roots growing deep? And the reality is, over and over again, you'll hear us talk about the importance of life change. And that we really hope that as a part of what God does in your life here at Calvary, that you'll connect and grow and serve. You have to ask the question, are we thriving? And I hope that as a church, we stay committed to Christ, connected to him, and that even when fearful things come, we're a people who trust him enough to take bold moves.
and believe that he leads us. Amen? All four of us are excited that God leads us, right? Can I tell you this, though, like the thriving part? Like whether we're talking about it as a church or whether we're talking about it in, in, the, in the terms of, of God's vision for your life, one of the themes you're going to see as you read through these, these chapters in the book of John this week is Jesus is going to stress the idea of unity. You know what I've seen derail God's vision in people's lives so many times? Pain in relationships. I've seen him derail what God's doing in people's lives because there's difficulty that comes in, because there's dissension or conflict. And instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and guide and lead and bring healing, we let those things derail us from what God wants to do. Look, I I would challenge you, whether it be in your personal life or in the life of the church, you realize there is a direct connection between how we thrive and how we allow ourselves to live in a way so that we can be unified with others because then God can bless us. Look, I decided a long time ago as a pastor, I don't want to fight about things that don't matter for eternity. But one of the things that the Bible really clearly says is that where there is unity, there's God's blessing. So as a church, I don't want us to fight about what doesn't matter, but I hope we'll fight for unity. Not for uniformity, not because we all have to think or look alike, but because we say, God, we want to do what you've called us to do. Last question then, are we fruitful? Like that, if you're healthy, you ask that question, like, are, am I fruitful? Are we fruitful as a church? Well, it's cool to see the different ways where we believe God is helping us to thrive and be fruitful. Like you, you can see it in metrics like at times attendance or finances. But at the end of the day, there's something more than that. Right? There, there's something more about the purpose that God has called us to as a church. So we ask the question then, God, if we don't want to get stuck, but we want to continue to grow, what will it take for us to be more fruitful? What will it take for us to continue to be effective in what you've called us to do? And as Calvary's leadership, our, our, our board and our pastors, we have prayed, and, and honestly, this has happened over the course of years. Like, it's interesting, because we're talking about this, and for some of you, the last few weeks, as we've talked about expanding our auditorium, it's not that you didn't know, especially at this 10 o'clock service, whether you're here in Auditorium 1 or you're in Auditorium 2, it, you've known this would be a good idea, right? <laughs> as you're sitting way too close to other people, you've known it'd be a good idea, right? But you might not have heard about it or, or knew that this was a possibility. Here's what's interesting. The last three weeks, we've been dumping this on you, but it's a bucket that's been filling up for years. Like God's been directing us and leading us, and we really believe that this is the time. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you this. You know, it's kind of new for you, but the journey that I've had to go on has been, God, what's the right time? And God, what do you want to do? And God, how do we do this? And I remember I was at an event last May, and had really been kind of burdened by this idea that there's too many lost people. And was, was praying at this event and was like, God, what, what would you have for us to do as a church, though? Like, God, how, how would you move us forward? God, how can we reach more people? And you know sometimes you feel like the Lord, like, whispers something to you? You ever had that happen? Where the Holy Spirit, like, kind of whispers something? And the whisper I kind of sensed was, Chad, if I sent more people to Calvary, where would you put them? And this green light to say, God, all right, well, then we'll take steps of faith to do what you've called us to do. And so you have some information in that brochure. Let me give you kind of a different vantage point on on what we believe as we've prayed about this, looked at this, been working with architects, what we believe God would have for us to do next. These are some animations. So if you look at the screen, this will give you kind of a little bit more of a live look of what the new auditorium would be like. You would step in the floor on the bottom would seat about 800 people. Total would be about 1,460. Some of you are right now picking out your seats. 
we can make a deal. And then uh, kind of off to the left, there's a little doorway of the dedicated prayer room that you saw just kind of light up there. As you kind of come around the corner, you can see the raised seating in the back um, as well. And uh, there's a whole lot more details we'd love to give you. That's why we're going to do these information meetings where you can come out learn some more. You see those curtains dropping down. There will be a curtaining system that will allow the back portion of the room to be closed off in times when uh, maybe we wouldn't need as much seating for different events. And uh, just going to have state-of-the-art audio-visual technology and uh, are really hoping and prayerful to see what God might do through that. Cool space, right? And uh, let me show you the atrium as well. Here's another animation this is what, this is like if you're walking out the back doors of our current atrium, at this point where the, you kind of see a change in the flooring, that's where you would step into the new expanded space. And uh, we'll have new restrooms. Down that hallway, there will be some space for volunteers, the prayer room, uh, some meeting space that will happen. We'll have expanded space with seating areas to allow for good traffic flow, but even more, the opportunity for the people to connect, to, to laugh, to pray with, to encourage one another. Stairways that will take you upstairs to the, to the back part of the auditorium so that there's uh, the ability to kind of move in and out in different directions and uh, are really excited about uh, what God might have in store for that space as well. Isn't that cool technology um, that we can do that? Almost like being there. We walk by faith, right? <laughs> so you got a brochure today. There's more information on that. Where, where the real information you'll find is on the website. There's an address that's on that brochure. As well, if you just go out to ToledoCalvary.org, um, just this morning, this new website went live. It's right at the homepage. You can click the More Info button and go out, and there's some videos you can watch there, some more things that you can see. We're going to send you some emails if you're part of our Calvary Church family with links to some of those things so you can see more of those. There is not enough time for us to answer all the questions about the building, about the money, about the details. Um, that's why we're doing the informational meetings on the 11th, 13th, and 15th of February. You can sign up for those um, at the hub or at the uh, online on the website or through our app. You can do that. One of the things we'll have there if you want to check it out is, you know, those virtual reality goggles. We'll have some of those that you can try out, and it's like you're standing in the atrium or in the auditorium, um, and don't worry, I'm not preaching in the auditorium in virtual reality, so you won't have to stand there for 45 minutes. So that's like, um, that's that... February 16th, Leah talked about that, but it is going to be a celebration of Calvary's past, present, and future on our Vision Sunday, and are stoked about that. You are not going to want to miss that and hear what God has in store, and each one of these weeks is really special. Next week, we've got a real, really cool surprise for you, and uh, can't wait for that, and so hope you'll be here next week as well. The bottom line question, and if you're, if you're thinking right, you're probably sitting there and asking yourself, well, what's this going to take? Like, animations are cool, and Chad, you can talk all day long. But what's it going to take for us to do this? Like, what's it going to take for the church? And I know if I was in your shoes, I'd be asking, what's this going to take for me? Three things that are probably good for us to talk about as we wrap up here today. The first is this. It will take prayerful dependence. Like, we can't do this on our own. We don't want to do this on our own. Like, if God's not leading us in this, then we don't want anything to do with it. Does that make sense? Like the reality is, and we know this as leadership, we've talked about this, this initiative is not about what God does for us, but about what God does in us. This is, this is probably the, I don't know, fourth or fifth time in my life that I've either been a part of or led something of this nature. And I can tell you every time in my own personal life, it's been far more about what God has done in my life than any building he's built or any change he's made facility-wise. 
It's been about me saying, God, what do you want to do in my life through this? That's why we have been committed as a church to start this, not just with excitement, but with prayer in God's word. Because if we're not there, we've got nothing else, right? So this is going to take prayerful dependence. It's also going to take wise obedience. Us saying, God, help us to take the steps that are wise and where we obey you. That's why we're doing our best to work with good contractors and architects and engineers to do this building in a way that's wise, not just for the present, but for the future. There's some really cool things about the way this has been planned. We'll talk about that at the info meetings, but just looking at the future and what God would have ahead. But at the end of the day, this is not about building buildings. It's because people are the priority. We want to grow our trunks so we can expand our branches. We want to reach out and be fruitful so that more people can know Jesus because there's too many lost people in Toledo and people are the priority. One of the things you'll hear us talk about over the course, especially these next couple years, is it's easy to focus on a building and the church growing, but it's so much more than that. We must grow deeper as we get wider. We don't want our roots to just spread out without us really growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So we want our roots. We've got to grow deeper as we get wider, and we must get smaller as we get bigger. Like, it's not enough to just go, hey, let's have the church grow. What we want you to do is to come to a church that is a small church with a lot of people, a place where you feel like you are connected, where you're needed, where you're known. And as a church, we must get smaller as we get bigger. Third thing, what's it going to take It's not just prayerful dependence, and it's not just going to take wise obedience. It will take sacrificial generosity. At some point, we have to come down to, to when you're you're talking physical structures like this, you got to talk money as well, right? Which can sometimes be a little awkward for some of us. If you're you're new with us here today, like if this is your first time at Calvary, you didn't know you were going to walk in and Part of the sermon would be about our future and a facility and those things. And we are honored that you would be here today. These, these comments in these next few moments are really targeted at those that would say, yes, Calvary is my church home. Like if you say this is the place where God has planted you spiritually as an individual or as a family, and this is the place where you would call your church home, then I want to challenge you to consider what kind of sacrificial generosity God may be calling you to. After, after the service last week, somebody said, all right, just tell us how much it's going to be. Right, and we don't know exactly yet. Like our engine, our, our architects are working with engineers. They're trying to price it all out. It actually will probably be a couple of months before we have a definite number. The projected number right now is estimated that it'll be about seven million dollars to do this project, which causes you to go, right? That's a lot of money. Seven million dollars is a lot of money. That's why. That's why, as a part of this initiative, we're talking about the finances. We're asking you, how would God have you to give in this process? Pastor, do you think we're going to raise all $7 million? I don't know. Could God do that? It would be supernatural. I can tell you this. But part of why we do this is because we say, God, we put this in your hands. Now, our board has been very diligent to go, okay, with wisdom, how would we think this through? Most likely, we will have to take on some increased indebtedness, just like many of us do when we buy a house. Anybody ever heard of a mortgage? There's something about wise indebtedness that fits in a certain element in God's word and also in moving God's kingdom forward. If you come to the vision meetings, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Not time to do that on on a Sunday like this. But as we do this, we do the initiative because we want to raise as much money in this two-year period, right? The Life Change Initiative is about a two-year commitment financially. 
We wanna do as much as we can in this two-year period so that we don't have to take on as much increased indebtedness or carry that indebtedness any longer than we need to. Does that make sense? Because the sooner we take care of it, the more we can do for God's kingdom. So that's, that's key for us to consider as we look at this. So we'll talk about this in these info meetings, and we want to ask you, God, what would you have for me to do in this? And when we talk about $7 million, you go, that's a lot of money. One of the things that we have not talked about a lot and that we did not necessarily advertise a whole lot, but when we did a renovation, and you might not know this, about a year and a half ago, we finished up a renovation down in our, in our kids' area. So we took three of the former theaters and we, we modified one to be a, a large multi-purpose space for our elementary age kids. We, we added five new, six new, actually, early childhood classrooms. And we also added a new space for our middle school and high schoolers to be in. That was a $3.5 million renovation that was paid for in cash with no increased indebtedness. And we never took one offering for it. And when I, I praise God, right? Right? Because two things, two things. One, because we have some really wise leaders on our board and our financial team who helped us to plan strategically to be able to do that. And as we plan strategically to do that, God brought a financial miracle that covered about half of that. So here's what I believe. God's already showed us that he can do half of this $7 million project without breaking a sweat. So then we said, God, this is in your hands. So what do you do in a time like this? Let me read you a couple of scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. Well, let me start here first. You say, what's, what's my role in this financially? First, I would challenge you to follow the biblical principle of tithing. Do you remember we talked about that last week? This concept that says, if you're not familiar with it, and you can go back and see last week's message, that when, when God gives me a financial resource... I take the first fruits, the Bible calls it, it's that first 10%, and I give that back to my local church as an act of worship to God. I stress that with you, not because I want the church to get the cash, but because I want you to get the blessing. Like, it's one of the places where God so clearly says, do this and I'll bless you. Like, so why would we ignore that and disobey it? Like, like statistics would state kind of nationwide that in, in, in a typical healthy church, of those that attend it in a committed way, only about 24% of those people practice this biblical principle of tithing, which tells me that far too many of you are missing out on God's blessing in your lives. So before you would do anything else, before you'd even consider what you might give to see this vision happen, would you pray and say, God, would you help me to be faithful to that biblical principle of tithing? And then there's this concept, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse six of 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Remember this, and watch this principle here. Remember this, whoever spose, so, amen? <laughs> Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, but God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. There's a principle there that we call the principle of sowing and reaping, that when you sow something in your life, there's a blessing that comes back into your life. Are you familiar with that? I think it's true in your time. 
I think it's true in the way you treat other people, and I know it's true in your money. And the principle that we see here, if you've got to say it in this way, when you have a need, plant a seed. Because when you sow, it puts you in a place where you can reap. So when you have a need, plant a seed. Here's the problem with talking about that. And this this is what I wrote in my notes. I'm going to read it right to you. This whole concept, this whole principle, when you talk about sowing and reaping, when you talk about finances, it's been spoiled by televangelists and crooks. True? So then I, I, I pull back as a pastor and I go, maybe I won't talk about it. But it's God's word. And it's a principle that I don't want to keep from you. So when you say, well, Chad, what would, what would you ask then? As Calvary's leadership, we're asking those of you who say, Calvary's my church home, to seek God and say, God, how would you have for me to sacrificially give to this project to see more people reached with the gospel? Now, there are two different ways to consider that. One, we would ask you to consider kind of a, a, a pledge, whether it's weekly or monthly or, or quarterly, however you would do that, over the course of about the next two years to help move this project forward. And then the last Sunday of this month, February 23rd, we're, we're gonna take a special offering and ask you to bring the best gift that you can to be in a place to start and move this project forward. We're asking everyone that calls Calvary their church home to, to do this. But here's, here's what I want you to understand. My job is not to manipulate you to give. And I'm thankful I came to terms with that a long time ago. My job is just to tell you what we believe God is asking you to do and then believe that you will listen to what God is asking you to do and then be faithful to do it. We, we teach a principle here whenever we come to a kind of a time like this that we call the plow principle, P-L-O-W, plow, plow principle. The P stands for pray, and that you'll just simply ask God, God, what would you have for me to do? That you pray about it. And can I ask you this? Like, like when you pray, and I'll tell you a story about this here in a couple of weeks, but when you pray, don't just say, God, what makes sense for me to do? But to really say, God, what would you have for me to do? God, how would you want to work through me? How would you want to work through us? How would you want to work through our family? And then after you pray, letter P, the letter L is listen. Oh yeah, that. Sometimes I like to pray. The listening to God's the hard part, true? And hear what he actually speaks to us. And then the letter O is to obey. That you pray and you listen and then you obey what he says. And then the W is to watch that as you obey what he says, then you get to watch and see him at work in your life and in your church. This is a great principle, not just with money, but if you're in a place where you're trying to figure out God's vision, if you're trying to figure out God's next steps, if you wanna know, God, what would you have for me to do? To do that plow principle, to pray, listen, obey, and then watch and see him at work is a powerful thing. And can I tell you this? Like there's stories that I'm already hearing that because there's stories in progress, I'm not at liberty to share them, but can I tell you, God is already working today in people's lives for what he wants to do in their lives through what he's going to do here as he expands Calvary's opportunity to reach more people. Like literally, we have the opportunity to see today what God's gonna do in the future as we put our trust in him. But I'd encourage you with this. It's not just what he's doing in the future, but what he's doing in people's lives today, and we wanna share some of those stories with you Here's one of them. If you would, please turn your attention to the screens. We were never in the same class. I met her and uh, I played basketball and she was part of the homecoming. Asked me to a basketball game. And uh, we've been together ever since. <laughs> you know, I did not 
live in a family that took me to church regularly, um, but I had a grandmother who was a praying grandmother, and she would take me to church. When I was young, I went to church. It did not last long. Uh, parents, I don't know why they stopped. She'd be sitting in her chair rocking with that Bible and with her eyes closed. I know it was the power of prayer that I was meant to be in a church. I believed in God, but I didn't really know much about it. I was trying to get Gary to go and um, even trying to raise a family and go. And it came to a point where I spent a lot of Sundays in church crying over the fact that I was there alone. We went through a period about four or five years uh, my dad died, her mom and dad died, and then our daughter started to uh, use drugs. That, that got ugly, and uh, I just kind of stepped back. She handled it all. We'd went through a lot of um, bitterness. Um, we'd all both made mistakes in, in our marriage as far as what we should or shouldn't have done. I mean, it looked like at one point it was over, and I remember her saying that she never thought she would want to divorce, but maybe we need to look at her, our own direction. And I remember I walked outside, and that's when I first prayed to God. The first time in my life I prayed that I love that girl. Why am I doing what I do? Why do I act like I act? And I honestly can say I heard everything's gonna be okay. And it has been. It's been better than okay. She found this church by accident with a friend. Her and I both cried through the whole service because it was so spoke to us. And when I left that day, I called Gary and I said, I know it's a drive, but there's something here in this church that's different. And he said, okay, let's do it. I walked in this church and looked and said, I won't do this again. There's way too many people. That was five years ago. I love it. <laughs> most amazing place I've ever been, most amazing people. You could just feel the love as soon as you walk in this. You know, we were at the altar, we were just, it was such a healing process for so many reasons in our lives that we knew this is where we needed to be. And we praise God for that. We drive 35 minutes every Sunday to get here. It wasn't long after we were here, he wanted to be baptized. We were having it one Sunday, and I just looked at my wife and go, I need to do this. You know, I've prayed for this. I've prayed for this for a long time, even though I didn't always do the right things. God still answers prayers that are that bring Him glory. After I started changing and feeling God's presence, I just thought I had to do this. It was just something that you needed to do, you know. And it was everything I thought it'd be. Just coming to the Lord, just strengthen everything. And, and I think God has saved our marriage. Oh, I know He has. We're best friends. I never thought I'd ever say that, to be honest, you know. We have found that the more we give, the more we get back. You know, we started out giving a, a set amount, and um, even Gary, when he started giving, he's like, how am I supposed to, how much am I supposed to give? I think there was a sermon on tithing, and uh, you know, I started slower, and then I give a little more, a little more. We have both increased our tithing and um, even above and beyond sometimes blessing, and every time I give more, it's just been an added blessing in one way or another. I have given more in the last several years than I've ever had. And I go, I have not done without anything. You know, I still do, if maybe more. Truly, scripturally, when you give, like when God, what God asks you to give, He will open the floodgates to blessings. And I've seen it in our own lives. He says, test, test me in this, and we have truly seen that. I wish you knew Him 10 years ago and know Him now, because from the time we've 
entered this building, this man has just grown. Like, I look at him like, who are you? <laughs> Only God could do that. I mean, he works in a factory, you know, and it's it's a harsh atmosphere. And uh, about a year after I was coming up here, some of the people asked me what what was wrong with me. <laughs> they, uh, I go, what do you mean? They go, we used to be afraid of you. <laughs> they go, You're, we're not afraid of you. <laughs> and he loves to share bits and pieces of the sermon with the guys that are sitting there or the women. And they're eating it up. They're asking him, they're coming to him, hey, you know, what, what does this mean? And his whole demeanor has changed. His children notice it. Like what's, they were all worried. Like what's going on here with you guys? What's different, <laughs> you know? I never used to go to stores and people talk. I can't go to Walmart. Some lady will come up, start talking. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks to me now. <laughs> So I told Kathy, why did they talk? She goes, you're always smiling now. She goes, you used to look like you were going to kill somebody. <laughs> it's not about the building. <laughs> we knew when we were here, we were where we needed to be. There was something different here. It could only be the Holy Spirit, so, yeah. I want to thank Kathy and Gary for sharing their story with us. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute? Two quick thoughts for our Calvary family. Just asking you to pray. Say, God, what would you have for me to do so that lives can be changed through our church? But the second thing, some of you have heard us talking about life change. and You've heard us talking about thriving and being fruitful. And you heard Gary and Kathy talk about the fact that Jesus can change a life. He can change your demeanor, and He can change your marriage. He can change the, the people around you. And you sat there, whether you were here in Auditorium 1, or you're sitting in Auditorium 2, or you're watching this on a screen somewhere, and you're, you're listening to this, and you're saying to yourself, I need that. Like, I can't, I can't do this on my own anymore. And I need forgiveness, and I need grace and I need peace, and I need that life change that I know I can't make happen on my own because I need forgiveness. Well, I can tell you that Jesus came to be our Savior. He's the only one who can bring you forgiveness. And you might say, well, my life needs purpose. Well, I can tell you that Jesus is our Lord and that he gives direction and meaning to our lives. And that maybe what you need to say today is, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I give my life to you. If that's you, wherever you are, we just raise your hand. You can raise and put it right back down. But if you just say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I give my life to you. I need you as my Savior and as my Lord. You can raise your hand, put it right back down. It's just between you and God. But you'd say, God, I give my life to you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. If you raised your hand or if you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, would you, would you play, pray this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, for sending your son to die for my sin. I ask today that you'd forgive my sin and be my savior. I give my life to you, my risen Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, if you prayed that prayer today, especially for the, the first time, or if you want to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, on your way out of the auditorium, would you grab one of these cards and then take it to our Connection Center, which is in the atrium. We have friends there that would love to pray with you. We have a Bible we want to give to you that's easy to read and understand. 
and help you to, to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the work you're doing in our lives, in, in the world around us, and in our church. God, our prayer is that you would help us to be healthy like a tree. It's planted by the water with, with roots that go deep, that we would thrive as we're connected to you and that we would be fruitful and impact the world around us. Father, as we go from here, we ask that you would go with us. God, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.